0: Broadcasting from another dimension, deep within the Ghost Shrimp National Forest, sending you secrets from the future directly into your motherfucking mind. (laughs) What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another juicy beef stew episode of the Go Shrimp and Friends podcast, number 33. Hope everybody has had a super productive week. Been setting some goals for yourself, following that vision, following that plan, um, making some progress, filling your life with the things that interest you the most in this world. That sounds fantastic. Uh you know, we got my ever-warming companion, my juicy old cup of coffee by my side. Mmm. <laughs> Ah, so refreshing. How is it so refreshing? How is a how is a bitter, black, old cup of coffee so refreshing? It's mentally refreshing. It's spiritually refreshing. Did you know drinking coffee can keep the reptile-shape-shifting NASA world government at bay? Hmm, and maybe it's the antidote. Hmm. All right. Well, it's been a minute since we've had a solo pod, since I jumped on here for a little Q&A and didn't have a guest on. We've had so many amazing guests, big, big shout outs to all the people who have been coming on, all my creative friends that have jumped on the podcast, Um, it's been such a fun, Stretch, um, really the whole podcast, but just this last stretch of having back to back to back to back to back, just heavy hitting guests, had some of my best friends on, um, had some amazing scouts on, um, had some of my just, just super amazing creative professional friends on as i'm sure you know um and uh i hope everybody has been enjoying it and been been feeling those uh, productive juices just ripping through your body um i know it gets me so pumped up every week i'm getting super addicted to doing this podcast <laughs> so i hope everybody is uh enjoying it um And, uh, let's see what else has been going on. Uh, been, uh, working on the almost done coloring the Saraswati, uh, art commission, the, the original artwork commission for the Hindu goddess Saraswati. Um, if you follow my social media, you've been seeing a lot of progress uh, shots of it. I've been really trying to ramp up the amount of progress I'm sharing and pulling people into the behind the scenes of my creative process. Um, I started doing uh, on, the, on this piece, I started doing my new mini called Behind the Foreskin with Ghost Shrimp. Um, really trying to take people deep into my creative process and just have a lot of fun with it. Get, get hammy with it. Um, and uh that's been really fun and actually really focused me a lot you know putting putting my little putting the camera on my work sessions has really made me dial in and not get distracted and you know I'm, I'm pretty good anyway, but it's just been really you know when you're when you're professional and you're trying to use your your time as productively as you can, any little advantage you can get to streamline your process is welcome and especially for me with the two kids and the and the homesteading projects and all that stuff. I'm always juggling a lot of great things. My the problem of my life is I have too many amazing things going on at once. Um that's that's the that's the, that's, that's my battle right now is just trying to keep everything in balance. You know, you, you work really hard to set up your dream life and then (laughs) you have to work really hard just to keep it all in balance, you know, to try to, to try to juggle all these amazing things and not let one kind of suck up all your time and, and, and deprive the other things of, of their allotted due. So, um, but uh, since I've been filming my sessions, I've actually gotten a ton of work done. I feel like I've been twice as productive. So um, that's been an uh, unexpected uh bonus. You know, I thought it might be actually kind of distracting to have to, you know, think about, oh, now I got to set up a camera and I guess it's another thing to think about. Sometimes I don't like to have other things in my mind when I'm working. But um, it's turned actually to really be part of my inspirational loop for the last couple weeks, and it's been super cool. I've really enjoyed kind of putting them together. I've shared little snippets of them on social media, but um, all eight mini minisodes are up on the Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash goshrimp right now. You can go over there. Um, I'm basically aiming to make the the Patreon into like my ultimate fan club. So if you're like a fan of goshrimp, if you're a fan of my work and uh, want know, you know, all the behind the scenes stuff and, and be at the forefront of everything that I'm doing, that's the place to be. So check it out. Um, and, uh, I did, uh, we, so we have the first eight episodes up there and they're anywhere from three minutes to like seven minutes long. One of them might be like 10 minutes long. Um, basically I'm filming my, my, I'm time-lapse filming my work sessions, most of them, um, and then I am, uh, after I have a work session, I do a couple minutes of commentary, just kind of showing the progress I made and, um, what I was thinking about while I was working in that session. And then also, um, I had some lunches in there. i am talking about my green smoothie lunches and my big salad uh, lunches and, and just some quick, uh, really, really, uh, lunches that are gonna, that are gonna make you super powerful. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm really getting dialed in into the diet. Uh, how how the diet affects your productivity. Um, like I said, you know when you're when you're when you're professional and you're really trying to trying to dial yourself in. It's all these little things. You know the amount of sleep you're getting, um, the the schedule you're setting for yourself, the nutrients you're putting inside your body, staying hydrated, um, all these things. You know trying to be organized. And, um, so, so I'm really trying to, you know, the last couple of years I've been really trying to dial it in further and further. And my diet has been a big part of that. I do the intermittent fasting from 8 PM to 12 AM every day or 12 PM every day. So I don't eat after eight and I don't eat till, till, uh, you know, um, either 11 in the morning or 12 in the morning, depending on, or 12 in the afternoon, depending on, uh, what's going on but I do that intermittent fasting, which, which helps a ton, uh, gives me one less thing to think about in the morning. And, um, and, and just really energizes me. You'd think that not eating would, would sap your energy. It's actually the, 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 the opposite. You know, if you're, if you're eating healthy and then you're fasting, uh, in between, uh, overnight and through the morning, um, however you choose to break it down, it actually really energizes you. And, uh, I think, uh, you know, has a lot of other great health benefits. So, so if you're if you're if you're at that level where you're looking to fine-tune everything, uh, you know, look look into those things as well. But but if you're into uh getting pulled behind the old foreskin, then come on over to patreon.com slash and uh and and for only a dollar an episode you can get access to this stuff right now. So at a certain point the mini sodes might be at a different tier. I'm not exactly sure. Um, I might decide to just keep it at every tier, so we'll see how it goes. <coughs> but it is a little bit more work to put that stuff together, so we'll see. Um, but we had a, we actually had a really big week on Patreon. We had, like I think, 10 or 12 patrons join, so we got some new shout-outs to get into right here. And, uh, you know, we got a bunch of $1 members, so big shout out to all the $1 contributors to the podcast. Um, thank you so much. It really helps. Uh, helps keep this podcast rolling, helps keep me being able to really spend my time developing it and, uh, and 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 putting stuff into the Patreon like these. You know, it's allowing me to expand it, right? Making these mini-sodes. And eventually, if, if you're not on the Patreon, eventually these mini-sodes are going to get edited down into longer full behind the foreskin episodes and they're going to end up on the youtube channel because i want to kind of activate the youtube channel more so they will end up on there but it'll be one maybe 10 to 15 minute episode i don't know i haven't edited them together yet but they're going to be edited down not everything from the minisodes is going to make it into the full episodes. so they'll be they'll be longer full episodes but they're going to be condensed and they'll you know they'll come out sort of at the end of whatever project i'm working on so they'll be less frequent so if you want more real-time updates and just more wacky, in-depth stuff, the Patreon is the place to go. All right, so let's get into some of these new $2 per podcast episode shout-outs. You know what I'm saying? A Big, big, big beef stew shout-out going to my man, Dewan Gordon get yourself some beef stew my friend because it is plentiful and do not fret we got the cow beef option and we got the vegan option we got that seitan going so we got the vegan beef stew and we've got the non-vegan beef stew so step up to the beef stew buffet and help yourself unlimited digital beef stew for all of y'all you know what i'm saying of course we got another great contributing member with curse gift right big shout out going to curse gift we got another two dollar contributor with Shout-outs to Chris Wynn. Big shout-outs. Get yourself some beef stew. Uh, We got another shout-out going to Spook Novel. We got some wacky names up in here. I love it. We got big shout-out going to Khalil Fry. Get yourself some beef stew, my friend. Um, and as uh, if y'all don't know, how could you, uh, when I do these shout outs, I'm pointing up, I'm, I'm covering my mouth from, so I don't blow out the mic a little bit. And I'm pointing up to the, to that hollow moon base in the holographic sky, pointing up there, letting the, letting those, that NASA world government that we know that we're onto them and we're coming for you. You know what I'm saying? So you can picture that I'm pointing up and it's reflecting back down to this hollow flat earth where we are gaining all this breakthrough knowledge to overcome this mainstream reality and follow our dreams. You know what I'm saying? We got another big shout-out going to my man, straight out the 12-week online group workshop round three, which just wrapped up. My man, Chris Murray. Big beef stew shout-outs. And of course, last but not least, from the new $2 contributors, we've got ryan sims big shout out to ryan sims much 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 thanks and respect to all the beef stew contributors um, it really allows me to 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 invest time in this podcast and keep it rolling and keep it strong, and allows me to you know have fun on the Patreon, uh, adding all these mini sods and stuff like that. So, um, like I said, if you're uh, if you are addicted to this podcast, if you're a fan of mine, um, there's no better place to go than Patreon.com/goShrimp and uh get yourself a piece of this juicy beef stew action you know what i'm saying and so without further ado let's get into these questions uh from the from the internet from the listeners uh let's kick it over to my man a wall one broadcasting oh. live from another dimension broadcasting oh. live from Live from go shrimp. Go shrimp. Go shrimp. All right, broadcasting so, uh, my from another gentleman just to the bull, listeners on the internet right um so some q and a for that ass uh and uh we haven't done this in such a long time and i some of these questions are super old so we got three months ago on the patreon uh jesse kakaka donnie the first ever two dollar per podcast contributor Asked, uh, hey, Go Shrimp! thanks for the shout-outs. Hopefully the list gets too long to read off in one episode pretty soon. Well, that was very prophetic, Jesse Kakadani, because I think we are almost at that point <laughs> where the list is going to be too long to do in one episode. Um, let's see, love hearing your motivating, positive vibes to get shit done and get the insider scoop on the animation biz in California. I'm an artist as well, and although... There is great work in, in, in there is great work in California. Winter is my favorite season, and I can't imagine losing it to go live out there. Oh, I'm with you on that. I'm absolutely with you on that. Uh I had a question about homesteading. How did you manage slash will you manage electric and plumbing? Do you have well water or some kind of septic system? Okay. Um, yeah, no, winter is definitely my favorite time of the year. Um, and I cannot imagine living without like real seasons in my life. So when I was out in California, working at Cardu Network, that's definitely what I miss the most. Um, you know, I never intended to stay out there, so I just kind of gutted it out, but I was there waiting for winter for four years, you know, and it just does not come out there. So, um, I hear that loud and clear. Um, and so let's see the homesteading. Uh, Electric currently, well, right now what what we're doing is we have uh, a solar system ready to get set up. Um, I love solar power. Solar electricity is super neat and super magical. Um, My first little cabin on Mystery Mountain, uh, I had a homemade kind of solar system there and absolutely loved it. And uh, so we have all the equipment for a larger system here to get set up off the grid with batteries and all that. And then we also have a grid tie inverter so that in the future we will um, also be tying into the the grid so we can uh, get grid power if we want or we can put power back into the grid if we want and all that good stuff. Um, I think it's cool to be, uh, you know, producing your own power, but also be connected to the grid, because that that could be possibly the future of energy. You know, if enough people kind of get in and and connect to the grid, but are producing their own power, um, then then the grid can be filled with renewable energy, which is really cool. So, um, but, uh, yeah, I haven't right now, I'm not at the stage where I can set that up yet. So right now we're just piggybacking off of our, we have a really cool neighbor up the hill and, uh, he has a barn down on the property line. And so we run an, an extension cord from the barn up to our house and, uh, we just pay him for whatever we use, but because we are, you know, setting up for solar, um, we have a, propane refrigerator we have a propane a little propane stove um, and the refrigerator isn't quite as big as a normal refrigerator um, I think I mentioned before but it's probably like like two or three mini fridges like that size um, it sort of just looks like a slightly smaller normal refrigerator but uh, we always manage to fit all our food into it so it meets our needs and uh, yeah it's uh, even though even though propane is not technically a renewable resource um it is a i think considered an overall lower impact resource um it burns cleaner uh which is good um in you know and uh, and the big thing with when you're off the grid with solar is the heating and cooling are the most energy that's where the most energy is used so uh you know trying to find efficient ways to heat and cool um your life (laughs) is is kind of the trick so um you know for heating the house we burn uh wood uh which is obviously a renewable resource and again you know burning wood that you are putting stuff into the air there's no there's there's no perfect way to do it um but you know you you kind of just try to go through my my thing for homesteading is number one um it's it's fun it's interactive um i love the idea of getting hands-on with my lifestyle, learning how to do some more things, knowing how my lifestyle works, knowing what it takes to run my lifestyle, um, so it doesn't come from a preachy place. Uh, I've been there in the beginning. I, I used to kind of get a little more preachy and a little more riled up about it. I think I've talked about that on the pod a little bit, but uh, for me, it's really just about getting more hands-on and 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 into the into the behind the scenes of my own lifestyle. You know, I think it's I think it's really cool. Um, to know what goes into your lifestyle and then be able to make decisions based on it really, really, it's a back and forth. It's like a constant dialogue between what I'm doing on a daily basis and how it's being fulfilled like with with different different materials and, and fuels and all that stuff. So um that's that 's one of the things that I love about homesteading the most um, is just kind of kind of being able to tweak it and adjust it and make decisions based on it rather than just accepting one philosophy or another and really sticking to that it's it 's always a back and forth it 's always a push and pull um, so we get our electric right now from our neighbor and but it 's really low usage. I think we might use around like six dollars a month if that um, in electricity because our, we, our our consumption is so low. <laughs> And I mean, we have regular, you know, we have, uh, our house is only 500 square feet. So right off the bat, you're going to be just having less stuff in your house overall, but you know, we have multiple lights in every room and we have two computers. And so we basically just have extension, different extension cords running through the house and, you know, surge protectors and stuff set up like you'd have outlets and we can plug in stuff wherever. So beyond that, it's pretty normal at this point. I mean go <laughs> normal for us wacky normal uh but again I love it I there's nothing more inspiring to me than waking up in this like house that's evolving with us that's that I'm building with my own hands that that is different um, and unique and it really inspires me every day to be living inside of this dream you know that's the thing you know some people might think it's wacky to be living in a house that's only half built but to me it's a big inspiration every day to just to just wake up and and have this have, be living inside of this dream and have the moti- have the have the motivation right in front of me every day to get up and and keep keep organizing my life scheduling my life, streamlining my life so that I can accomplish these projects. My take on following your dreams is that you have to jump in to the deep end um, so that you can't back out, so that you can't hedge your bets. You know, I think a lot of people don't follow their dreams because they hedge their bets. They try to get too rational with it. And, you know, you don't want to go off the, you don't want to go over the waterfall. You don't want to go like, you don't want to drown in the deep end, but you want to jump in and just like force yourself to make it happen, you know? And, uh, and that's really how I've been able to make any, any dream that I've been able to accomplish in my life. It's because I've just jumped into the deep end and forced myself to do it. Like when I was building my first cabin on mystery mountain, I just decided to move up there and live in a tent so that I would have to finish the cabin. Like I was like, you know, I was, I was, uh, I I was living at my folks house. I was living at apartments and stuff. And then, but it was just like, I you know I I didn't have to work on the cabin then because I was I had all these other living situations but then once I just moved I was like fuck it this is taking too long if I move into a tent it was the middle of winter it was in December and I was like if I just move into this fucking tent that house is gonna get built so that's what I did so so I'm a big fan of just forcing yourself to do it you know because a lot of times those voices in the back of your head will kind of give you a way out will let you escape will cut you some slack you don't really have to do this right now you know what i'm saying but when you're there and it's winter and you're in a tent and it's freezing cold and i literally i think i've told this before but I had the, the batteries, you know, I would go to bed, it would get so cold that at a certain point, batteries stopped working. And the the, the, the radio would go off and the lights would go out, the batteries would be too cold for the batteries to work. So then I'd be okay, it's time for, to go to bed. And I would go up, up into the loft that I was building. And I would get in a two winter sleeping bags, my dog would go to the bottom of the sleeping bag, sleep in the bottom of the sleeping bags to be a heater. And then I would take out all the batteries and put them in a sock and I would sleep with the batteries in the sleeping bag to heat them up so they could be ready for the next day. (laughs) So, uh, you know, you just, you get into a lot of wacky situations, but it's motivating. You have, at least the way I'm wired, I have to do that. You know, I'm not going to speak for everybody. I'm never going to tell you there's one way to do something, but for me, um, the way that if if I give myself an out, I might take it, you know, but if i don't give myself an out i don 't have a way out, so I just am going to keep going forward and i 'm either going to quit it i 'm either going to realize that this dream is not for me at all or it 's going to give me the motivation and the and the and the situation that I need to really make it work so so I think that that works really well um plumbing uh, we have a rudimentary plumbing system set up right now um and uh with a basically a gray water system um for our water um where it goes into it's kind of like uh it's kind of like a our house is kind of like set up like a hunting camp, so our drains are uh, the 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 drains that we have we use all biosafe soaps and stuff and all the all this all the water gets drained into an old um, hunting camp septic system, which is sort of just like a barrel that's buried in the in the ground with a bunch of holes in it. And it just, it's kind of like a little leech, leech system. It's kind of very, very rudimentary septic system there. And, uh, we do have the, have the, uh, the legit septic system all set up and stuff we had to get the plans and all that stuff set up for there but we don't we're not intending on using that it has to be there to be up to code we had to have someone come in and, and design it and do all that stuff and dig the test pits and and have it installed and all that but but uh we prefer to use our little kind of homemade systems so that's how we're set up because uh, we're really trying to do a more sustainable model you know what I'm saying? And uh, so we don't really need that whole full septic. And then for the, you know, then for the toilet stuff, we have a, what's called a sawdust toilet. And so uh, I've already described that, you know, you basically have a, I built a little toilet box with a toilet seat and you have a bucket in there, go to the bathroom in the bucket, cover it with sawdust, you know, wood chips that you pick up at the store. And then um, you have a little, Area where you bring that out and you compost it, and it just turns back into dirt. Um, And then uh, we are going to build a composting outhouse as well, which is a kind of self-contained unit of that, which has two chambers, and you use one for a year, and then you shut it down, and then in the in the next year where you're filling up the second chamber, um, the the first chamber all composts, and uh, you can literally. My buddy uh, has one set up across town, and you could just dig your hands in it, pull it out, and it turns into just dirt so you know i know a lot of people are hearing this and they're 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 saying what the fuck they're thinking it's totally insane but if you really look into what a septic system is and all that that's not really the natural that and it's not it's not about being natural it's just about being smart with it um you know if you if you want to deal with your own waste in the most sensible and and self-contained manner a composting outhouse is really the way to do it obviously people living in cities and stuff don't have access to all that Um but you know, that's one of the reasons I want to live in the country is so we can really set up a more sustainable Lifestyle, You know, because to me, it's fun. It's cool. I love being different. I love doing my own thing. I love turning back the clock and going back to the ways people used to do things before everything was sort of automated and handed to you. Um, you know, if you live in a city, your waste goes into a sewer system, which gets processed at a processing plant, but it's still not fully clean. And then a ton of it gets dumped out into the ocean. I mean, in LA, I forget how, but it's a mind boggling, like millions of gallons every day of semi raw sewage gets dumped out into the ocean. So, uh, you know, it's not something that we talk about a lot in our culture, kind of a lot of out of sight, out of mind stuff. But, uh, you know, as I started to get into the homesteading thing and thinking of a more self-contained loop, um, it's kind of fun to get into these things. So, you know, I'm not trying to try to convince everybody on it, but I know there'll be some people out there that are like, oh, that sounds cool. I want to think about that, you know, because we're going to be setting up the, the greenhouse and all that. Um, I know I'm going, I'm kind of riffing here, but I know people, people have, there's, there's several questions here that have asked me to talk more about homesteading. So I'm just kind of going, going on it, but, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be, and what we're doing right now, I'll just say is very loosely homesteading homesteading. I think a lot of people think of a more self self self-sufficient system that we don't have quite yet. That's the goal. We're, we're, we're taking it one step at a time because um, obviously, you know, I work full time, Athena works full time, we have two kids. So we're doing all this uh, amidst, you know, trying to have like a balanced life. So, you know, we're, it's, it's one step at a time, but um, we're clearing the opposite hillside slowly and we're going to have a big greenhouse set up over there where we're, where we're growing uh, more and more of our fruits and vegetables. We're going to be setting up an orchard on that hillside. Um, we already have some of that, we have small scale gardens right now 2 ten by ten gardens and we've been planting uh, you know in the in the yard we have cherry trees and apple trees there's old apple trees on the property that produce apples um, we're gonna be managing those trees and uh, so you know it's just really like a really fun adventure into homesteading we're not we're not like we don't we're not jumping in and setting up a fully sustainable system all at once um, you know Big shout-outs to anybody who has, like, the time and the and the money to do that right off the bat. That would have been great. You know, if I was, like, a super patient, long-term person, maybe I would have have, have been in L.A. this whole time and ridden out the whole Adventure Time stuff and saved up enough money to do all this. But, you know, I'm like, I saved up, like, I think I, I lived there for... I lived there for three and a half years, saved up like forty grand um and then it was just like bought the property. It was like, all right, we got it you know like you know or bought bought the property, then saved up you know forty grand, and then was like let 's do this right now like i don 't want to wait any longer <coughs> so so I jumped right in uh you know definitely in over our heads, definitely was treading water barely for a while there, you know, the first couple of years here were very raw. Um, living in a very basic structure uh, that really wasn't even fully insulated till, and it's still under-insulated right now, but it's still, at least it's fully enclosed in insulation. I mean, the first year, some of our walls were plastic. I mean, we had, not not a whole wall, but, like, there was gaps in our walls that were just covered with plastic, like... <laughs> (laughs) We started at the very, very, very like literally cutting down trees and building this, this basic structure and getting in it for the first winter with baby Wolfie. And, uh, it was very wacky. It was a real fucking test. Um, and I'm kind of really into tests and, uh, my wife, uh, is, is definitely powerful enough to, to go through the test, um, as she has proven. Um, but, uh, but man it it uh we, the way we did it was probably not the way most people would do it. The way we did it probably most people would have stopped doing it. Um unless you have a very hardy disposition. So I definitely was calling on all my like New England roots to make that happen. You know my my ancestors came over on the Mayflower and they were in Ireland before that and all that. So I think I have some very strong homesteading and pioneering genes in my in my spirit and uh you know it, it, I think that's a big part of this for me is activating that and calling that up and getting into that um, I, you know, I think everybody has a lot in their DNA that you can either choose to activate or not not activate We already know that on the level of diseases and and all that things, but I think even just in the in the memory of your DNA and the things that you've done over and over again i've talked about that with hunting on the podcast how I really you could really feel those kind of things awakening in you these things that have been part of your ancestry Um, you know for good or bad uh, I think you can you know there's there's obviously we've all had challenges in our ancestry we've had horrors in our ancestry you start to go back a little bit everybody's faced insane adversity in their ancestry So, uh, you know, I think you can call up certain parts of that. So, um, (laughs) let's spend the whole hour answering one sentence of this question. Uh, do you have well water or some kind of septic? So the well, um, we found a farm spring. We found this, this was old farmland. This was all clear cut. Almost all of new England was clear cut a couple hundred years ago. And this would have been a sheep farm. This, there's this, this was a, was a sheep farm um, uh, in the, in the past, um, there's fencing around through the woods, uh, that, that goes around like about half of our property. And, uh, the, the first year, um, we found a, we found a farm spring up in the woods and, uh, it was boxed in and dug out and had an old lead pipe buried way under the ground there. So that was, I don't know whether that brought, Hopefully that didn't bring water to the house. I mean, everybody did drink from lead pipes back then, which is not great as we know now. But uh but yeah, we we dug all that out, dug it up and and redid it with a with a new uh more modern setup. And uh and so we have that piped in uh to the house and we've we've talked a little bit about the year the Ghost the year in Ghost Scouts where we dug the trench um, to put the water line up to the house. Um, early on, we did some of the projects uh, to get going with Ghost Scouts were to or some of the early projects of Ghost Scouts were to get going on the homestead. You know, uh, some of the basic stuff that we needed to get our life set up here. Um, so, uh, so the first year we cut the hilltop here in camp and where our house is built, and then the second year I think we put in that we put we dug the trench and put in that put in that or no was it the third year and i guess it was the third year we put in the trench we dug the trench and put in the water line so um yeah that's the basic setup that we have right now um stuff's always evolving here and i'm hoping to have a big year building here um building some additional stuff onto the house and uh, maybe being able to get that solar stuff set up and uh, but yeah right now we just have the cold water plumbed into the house and we have um uh, we have a bathroom uh we have a tub set up, and then right now we have like as we have like a hot water machine, like a portable camp hot shower thing that we got a few months back before we were like heating up water on the stove and putting it into like a shower bag and hanging it up and taking a shower that way and more recently, we got a it 's a mister heater i think it 's called like a heat boss or something like that and it 's a really it 's like about three hundred bucks and it 's a portable a uh, hot camp shower where you drop a little pump into a 5 gallon bucket of water and it has an awesome shower head and awesome pressure and you hang that up in the shower and then it's like you're taking a real shower because I've I've used some of the other products like the Zodi um, some of those other camp showers and the Zodi the the pressure's weak the shower head's weak um, and uh, for a little bit more you can get this Heat Boss and this thing is this thing is the boss um that yeah, you can you know whether you're just using it for for camp lifestyles or Homesteading lifestyles. Um, you know, it's awesome. It's not meant for indoors. So you got to make sure you're using it with the windows open so your whole family doesn't die of carbon monoxide poisoning. Um, obviously, we have carbon monoxide testers and stuff set up. So uh, people are probably like, this guy is out of his fucking mind. But this is the deep cuts. You know what I'm saying? I'm pulling you behind the curtain here, taking you into my wacky ass homesteading lifestyle. You know, I've said in the beginning that my my dip into this homesteading thing my first insight into this was obviously i grew up in the woods and and really you know had all the always the love for living in the woods but my parents we grew up completely conventionally um living in a normal house and going to mcdonald's on the you know for special occasions and all that stuff had a tv um you know got to watch an hour of tv a day or whatever so you know my my parents were uh were, were more or less mainstream people And, uh, but, but when I, when I got the bug, when I stepped on mystery mountain and was hanging with my homies after college there and really got this idea where if I made my lifestyle super unique and did stuff that I, that did stuff with my, made my whole lifestyle like super creative and unique, that that was going to really translate into my work and into my work ethic and into my level of hype and into my personality. And it was all going to shift it in this very unique direction and that was going to set me apart you know you're always looking some of the other questions on here is how to set your work apart um and how to stand out in that marketplace and this may seem like a very uh roundabout approach to it but i truly had that insight where i thought man if i make my whole life super creative and hands-on and unique and and homemade and all this stuff and, and i don't know any artists in my circle that are thinking this way and making these choices. So if I do this, it's really going to set me apart. It's going to make me a different kind of person. It's going to make me a forest human and it's going to make it's going to make my work come from a completely different mindset. And that was a really strong insight that I had at the very beginning of my career coming out of college. And I'm very glad that I followed that up because that's what's led me to all this stuff today and as you can hear it's what I'm doing is I'm sure, you know, people that are doing different parts and different, different things like that. And, you know, up here in Vermont, there's a lot of people doing this, you know, there's, this is not a, this is not a, a real wacky lifestyle up here. You know, a lot of people look at you sideways when you describe it, but, but there's a lot of people that go, Oh yeah, I did that. Or I'm doing that right now. You know, so there's a lot of conventional people up here, but there's a lot of unconventional people up here too. So, um, and, uh, so big shout out to Jesse Kakukadani for those questions. And thank you for being patient for three months. Um, and, uh, and, and being, uh, waiting for those questions to get answered. I'm super sorry it took that long. Um, I don't know. I think we may have had like one Q and a podcast since then where I missed those questions, but, uh, but but uh there they are that's the answer so hopefully um the, I did actually answer. I'm always like thinking did I actually answer the question that was asked to me but I think I answered that pretty well. Um so uh yeah so yeah we're, we're 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 with our homesteading we're still very much in the phase of we're transitioning from like a hunting camp lifestyle into a more like off the grid sustainable uh house lifestyle you know and right now we're about 500 square feet um it's actually not a you know this is a smaller house it's not a tiny house tiny houses i think have to be under like 300 square feet or something not quite sure where they decided to put that number on it uh because this is definitely for, for 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 a family living in a 500 square foot house is is pretty small um I guess if you're one person, 300 square feet is a pretty tiny house. My first cabin would have qualified as that. Um, I'm not really I don't think you need to like aspire to join this like this movement of tiny house stuff. I think if you just shoot to minimize and streamline your lifestyle and build something or or find a house that fits your lifestyle and and isn't like a giant, you know, don't get more than you need, you know? That's we're living in a world where most people Don't have even the basics right most people living on this planet don't have don't have clean water to drink and in our culture we we go to the bathroom in potable water which to me is still the weirdest thing in the world one of the reasons why (laughs) again I'm not getting on my high horse I'm not preaching. Um, one of the reasons I actually don't want to have flush toilets is just because I think that is, that idea is so weird. Even though here, like we have the spring, and it, and we wouldn't be we wouldn't be wasting the water because the spring is running all the time, and it's just the water is just coming out, and and if we don't use it, it just goes out, goes back into the brook. Doesn't come out of the brook. Does come out of a genuine spring, but we have it piped where it goes through the house, and then if and then if we are not using it in the tap, it's just running back out, and then it's piped down to to just run out into the spring. Um, and uh, and then of course our 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 sinks don't drain into the spring. Our sinks drain into the gray water, and then we also have that septic, but we don't need it. Um, but, uh, you know, there's so many weird things in the way that the world is set up that, that that's one of the motivating factors also for me is like, I don't want to perpetuate a lot of these really weird things that have to do with our culture. I want to try to kind of make my life more personal and more streamlined to the things that I do think make sense, like setting up the composting system for the human waste. I think that makes way more sense than like shitting in potable water when there's like, you know, whatever fucking so many kids die every day in another country from not having clean water and we just like don't even think one second about it and go to the bathroom in it and then flush it out and then it gets dumped into the ocean like so 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 strange and you know again not trying to shame anybody for being in that system. I know a lot of people don't even fucking think about it but um, but yeah I you know I think that the, it, it's it's I think that it's I think that it's cool and fun to really start to get into what it means to be a human being that's alive on this planet and the, the, the things that it, the not, not, and not from like a political standpoint or like a moral standpoint even, but just like, like if I'm a, if I'm like a cool, smart human being, like, do I jive with that? Does that make sense to me? Is there a cooler way I can, you know, my, my life is all about how can I think up the coolest things I can imagine and fill my life with that. And to me, It's a lot cooler to have a composting outhouse set up and to be able to share that with people than have a a system that I never think about and actually goes out and does a lot of harm and is, like, really hypocritical or whatever. So, like, you know, there's so many layers to this stuff when you get into it. And – but, yeah – so so it's great. I'm, I'm glad that people want to hear about this. I'm glad that people are into this on the podcast. So so food for thought. Sip on that meaty old poop stew that's going out into the ocean. All right, so we got another question. So shout out to Jessica Cucodani. We got another one, another old one from February 20th, February 19th, actually. Rebecca on the internet. Random question. Hey, Ghost Shrimp, I'd love to know about, I'd love to know how about, oh my God. Uh. I butcher all these questions. Random question: I'd love to know how you got involved with a with a homestead. Have you always lived on one? What is your favorite part about it? I hope that one day I can live on one, or even just be able to live off the land completely. Thanks. Um, shout out to Rebecca for the question. Um, so I already covered a little bit of that. Um, I didn't grow up on a homestead. I grew up in just a conventional house, um, in the, in, in, uh, in a very rural area, um, in a place, not unlike there. You know, I grew up in a town called shootsbury, Massachusetts, which, uh, has a post office and a library in it. And that's it. I grew up on a dirt road, um, in the middle of the forest. Um, there was, there was, I, what, what I did grow up around though was, and I've talked about this before, it was a intentional community uh that had like a couple hundred acres and they co-owned it and they built houses on it and they had a giant garden and we lived right across from this giant hippie garden, this communal living garden. Um and uh and so I was even though we lived a very conventional life and weren't technically part of this community just by association and by proximity and because all my friends that I grew up with on that street were, you know, at least two-thirds of the people growing up on that street were in the community. It's called the Sirius Community, like the star, S-I-R-I-U-S. And you can look up their website. You can check it out. They're doing really cool things still. Um, they're still there and... um and it was really great to grow up and be exposed to that um, because there was a whole pack of kids that was always running around the road. We were always getting into trouble together and mixing it up and exploring the woods and climbing trees and building forts and all this cool stuff. All the stuff that really became all the nostalgia and inspiration for, like, for instance, creating the world for Adventure Time and, and getting bringing my lifestyle back into the woods. And and just my voice as an artist, I think, very strongly comes out of that nostalgia. All the things I love, um, packs of kids doing their own thing, you know, that idea is definitely very prevalent in the stuff that I'm fascinated with, that Lord of the Flies type of shit. Um, and uh, so I wasn't... I didn't grow up in a homestead, but I did... Grow up across the street from a communal living situation that was kind of a communal homestead, um, so that I think definitely had a big influence on kind of me gravitating towards this stuff later on I mean you know as as people probably know when I did when i when i was when i was uh, when I was going to college, I thought that I wanted to live in New York City forever. I was kind of bored of New England. Um, And then but going through the process of living in New York City, really experiencing how the quality of life there is so different um, and and so much more expensive and so much more crowded and packed and uh, what the hive mind of a city is all about. um, I really realized that I wanted to get back to the rural lifestyle after that, you know, that that was uh, that was an insight that I had. Um, that I that I talked about earlier and because um, when I was when, when I was 12 we had moved away from the rural lifestyle and we had moved into suburban New Hampshire and I really didn't like that that's where as people know all the struggles came in episode 10 um, where I talk about all the struggles it all really precipitated from that move when we were 12 and moving to the suburbs and me really not liking it um, and, uh, and so, but, but I, I wasn't thinking, you know, when I was, when I was getting older and becoming a teenager, I was becoming more enamored with that urban lifestyle and, and going to the city and experiencing that falling in love with hip hop had a big, big thing to do with that and, um, and, and heading that direction. But then realizing once I was there that, uh, mm, eh, you know, it's a different, you can't the all the stuff I loved about my childhood, that forest life, that nostalgia, all that—that that just cannot exist in the city. So when I when I when I really got a hold, when I got a taste, a real taste of the city life, I loved it, and I fed off of it, and I benefited from it, and I still love visiting the city and 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 hanging out with my friends in the city and all that stuff. It's a great place to dip in and out of. It was a very exciting and stimulating place to be in college at. You know, I think it really benefited me a ton there. And obviously the culture there, the hip-hop culture there, I got to see so many amazing fucking shows and shit. Um, and the amount of different people you'll come across there and the adventures you can have there and the all night vibes and all that kind of thing. I've talked a lot about that, the ill missions and shit that me and Steve, uh, me and me and tight jeans talked about. Um, so, you know, just loving it, but, but really at the end of it, after four years of it really realizing, mm you know, there's, you know, and, and, and also really trying to think of my uh, really growing into my creative voice as an artist and realizing how tied that was to growing up in the forest. And then so quickly, very quickly, cause I, I, I graduated in 2013 and then by the time it was 2000, I think by 2005, I think I was, I was, um, firmly on that mission of building my cabin, living in the woods and testing out to see if I wanted to do that homesteading lifestyle. So not only to re- return to rural New England, but to go even deeper into the ideology uh, and the and the dream life of rural New England and getting into the homesteading the even deeper turn back the clock roots of New England. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, going deeper into my DNA, going into deeper into my history, into my psyche and all that stuff, which I think as an artist, you always want to be doing, you know, one of the things we, we stress the most in the workshop and in Go Scouts is making your work super personal, right? That is, you always, you know, how, 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 how is your work going to be unique? It's easier than ever to get to get, to get your work out there these days through social media and stuff like that. But it's harder than ever to get noticed because of all the noise. So how do you do that? You need to be, you need to make a very unique product in this very saturated marketplace. And I think the place you start with that is always going deep inside yourself, deep inside your juicy, meaty beef stew core. Okay. And Digging into that nostalgia, all those things that interest you the most, that resonate with you the most, that you love the most, all those crazy, deep. Uh experiences that you've had in your life that no one else has had, the things that you th- dream about at night. Oh man, I have a, I have to do I I recorded another awesome dream the other night with Will Farrell in it and stuff. It's super weird. I was trying to do jujitsu takedowns on Will Ferrell. Um I'll maybe I'll put that in as like a as like a bonus content for this episode. Um <laughs> super funny. I'm glad that I remembered to record it. But yeah, you know, just digging in, getting really into, we call it personal mythology, developing your personal mythology and really, really rooting your voice as an artist in your own personal mythology and then really trying to up your conceptual skills on how to share that and then adding to it and then and then uh, developing your technical skills to to execute and communicate that and show that and share that. So I think that's really how you set yourself apart as an artist and I think I started to really realize that at this time when I was getting back to those roots for myself and how powerful nostalgia and going back into that experience can be from uh, to really unlock your potential as a as an artist especially if you don't want to be a technician who's just working on other people's projects especially if you want to have your own voice as an artist which Maybe not every artist does, but I know a lot do. And and one thing that I find really fascinating about doing this this last round of the workshop, um, is, you know, and the and the second round too, is that I see more and more I, I really thought that when I was gonna when I set up the workshop it was gonna be for more people people who wanted to do the workshop were gonna be more into more at the early stages of their career. But what's really been fascinating is I've had more and more people signing up and participating in the workshop that are deep into their art career but really have a technical art career where they're doing other people's work for them and they want to be doing they want to be really be redirecting it into their into the realm of self-guided their own personal voice as an artist type of work where they're generating their own projects. People are, they want people to come to them to do the work that they want to do. Right. So, so that's really great. And that's a, I'm, I'm so glad that the workshop, it, it can, can work for, um, for people that are just coming into their career and also people that are deep into their career, but want to just shift the direction of it. So that's super cool. Wasn't expecting that, but really makes a lot of sense, you know, so that's pretty neat. So, um, uh, what's your favorite have you ever lived on it? I hope one day I can live on one and live off the land completely. Yeah, living off the land completely would definitely be a super cool thing. Um, you know, like I said, we're gonna be We're going to be, we have a little hilltop that we live on here up from the road. And then we have a, we have like a, we have like a little brook, a little gorge that goes down and a brook that runs through it. And then another kind of twin hilltop right across there. And we cleared our hilltop and we're slowly selective cutting the opposite, the opposite, uh, the, the, the little, uh, the other hilltop there. And eventually we're going to be fencing these two hilltops in. And making the greenhouse down over there. I'm like pointing so you can all see it. <laughs> uh, putting the greenhouse over there on the, on the opposing hilltop. And then also having some meat animals, some chickens, uh, maybe a couple of sheep um, and uh, some turkeys and stuff we have a we have several neighbors up the hill who have a real nice um, system, uh, family farm you know a sustainable family farm where they grow most of their food, they raise most of their own meat and stuff like that, and then you can add in the hunting and whatnot so um, that's definitely the my my vision my long term vision of this property is to be able to pass it on to my kids um, and have it be a, at that point, have it be a fully functioning, uh, as sustainable as possible, Um, you know, uh, uh, environment, you know, where, where, where if they don't want to, they wouldn't have to go out and get jobs, they wouldn't have to go out and buy food, you know, they could really be here. And if they want to do that, if they don't want to do it, you know, they'll walk from it. And that's gonna be their thing. I, I, you know, being someone who struggled to find my destiny, I know you can never make someone, you know, you're only going to create an unhappy person if you try to force a destiny on someone. But I also know that the way you grow up has a lot to do with your nostalgia and stuff like that. So another reason why I wanted to dive right into the deep end and have my kids growing up in this environment and helping in building all this because I thought, wow, that's going to be really cool and that's going to empower them a ton. Or even if they want to walk from it, they'll have the experience of building their own houses and and growing their own food and raising their own livestock and and, and slaughtering their own meat and, and knowing all that stuff, you know, and, um, and so we've already done dabbled in that a little bit, but to make it more and more legit and, and really fully sustainable or as nothing's ever fully sustainable, but as close to sustainable as possible, um, I think that we need more of that in this world. You know, that's that's the that's the antidote to the automation and the commercialization of everything and the urbanization of everything. You know, we we really need to have um, places where people are growing their own food food that they consume and stuff like that. So just turning back the clock a little bit, you know, I think that that's what makes the most sense to me. But I want people to understand it's not coming from like a political point of view or anything like that. It's coming from like, this sounds like it would be the most fucking fun for me. So I'm not judging anybody who's not doing this, and I'm not trying to say that people should do this. I'm saying to me, it makes the most sense, and to me, it's the most fucking fun. Like, this is the most badass shit I can ever fucking imagine doing with my life. So, no matter what that is for you, like, I'm not trying to sell you on this lifestyle. I'm trying to sell you on following your fucking dreams, sitting there, taking the time to create a vision of who you want to be in this life right this is a magical existence i think the true conspiracy with this reptile shape shifting nasa world government of overlords is that you know is is to try to try to try to convince you that the world is not a magical place you know that that you should go to work and you should join the join in with the large group and the mainstream reality and the bright lights and and you should tune in to the entertainment that they want you to see and eat the food products they want you to eat because that's all based on making tons of money but like what is money? Money is meaningless. Outside of the loop of money, it's totally meaningless. So, are you living for money? Is your if you really sit down and think about it, is the vision of your life just a vision of how do I position myself to make the most money and and accumulate the most assets? Or is it to sit down and go, "What is the most badass shit? Like I am a creative animal in an infinite universe where everything is possible." what is the most amazing shit I can think of to spend my life doing, right? Because nothing else is guaranteed beyond this. Like everybody has theories about what's gonna happen and what is happening in your life right now. But like, we all know that we're living this tangible existence right now. So what do you want to do with it today? What do you want to do with it tomorrow? What's the most badass shit you can think up to do this week? What is the most crazy shit you can think up to do this month? What is the shit that you want to do this year? What are your most important goals to get done next year, right? These are the things that I get really hyped thinking about because even as when I was coming up as a 12-year-old, we moved. I started to see through the veil of mainstream reality, how meaningless and how empty it seemed to me, how most people weren't loving their jobs, how most people didn't give a fuck about what they did. And most people weren't truly fulfilled following their passions and all that shit. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to buy into this. And that's where I really started to get off on my own track and and actively pursue an alternate destiny to the one that was being given to me, to the template, right? That's where I left the template. And I encourage everybody to do the same thing. Now, if you find yourself saying hey this template is my dreams this is exactly what i want i want to subscribe to all the channels i want to work as a lawyer i want to fucking eat the food products if that's your dream then man more power to you do it up but if you have voices in yourself that are like, oh man, there's more to it than this. I want to do something else. I want to follow this line of passion. I want to follow that line of passion. I want to follow this dream. And when I realize I want to do this dream, I'm going to realize like if you follow a dream and you're like, eh, this isn't really what I thought it was going to be. Um, I'm not going to follow this dream anymore, but that's going to give you insight into what you really want to do. All right. So it doesn't have to be sensible. Most of the time following your dreams is not sensible. It takes that big leap of faith of everybody kind of going, what is this person doing? This is not part of the program, okay? So you're taking that big leap of faith and you're landing in the deep end where you're probably barely going to be treading water. But trust me, you're going to discover the things about yourself that are going to make you the person you want to be. That's how you build character. You don't build character by flocking with everybody. You build character by going out on your own, right? All the heroes' journey stories in our cultures and in the cultures that preceded us are about the leaders and the people that struck out on their own and the people that pioneered their own path. There's never a movie about someone who fits in and does everything everybody else does and has no personality of their own, right? All of our, that's why we tell these stories in our culture And we've seen them now as being powerless and and, and not inspiring people to do these things, but that's what they're meant to do, right? So it isn't until we hear a actual person talking about their actual real journey outside of the mainstream that we start to go, oh, wow, this is possible, you know? But really, I think all these stories are trying to get us to jump out. And that's why we love these stories. That's why we tell these stories. That's why movies and, and books and stuff are powerful because... Really, they're speaking to that part of us that knows that we are these powerful, we're some of the most powerful creatures on this planet because of the power of our mind, the power to imagine things that do not exist and make them. Think about how powerful those, we have so much superpower, right, to transcend what almost any other being that we know about can do on this planet. You know, the the, the the amount of choice that we have is unprecedented. So why would you choose one thing that everybody else is doing around you? That's the thing that always bugs me out the most. Okay, so uh, these questions have clearly worked because I've gotten completely off track and gone insane with these questions. Where are we for timing here? We're already up to an hour. Okay, let's see if we can uh, get to... What do we have here? Um, Let's check out some more questions. Those are the two, I think, homesteading questions. I'm getting fucking hot as shit in here. I need to open a window. I'm like cooking myself with my enthusiasm here. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Well, maybe, maybe actually we should just cap it off there. Maybe we should just have a nice short one there. I feel like that's actually a good place to stop. I feel like we actually really reached a crescendo there. And, uh, we still have to do shout outs and stuff like that. So let's cap it off there. I don't want to go insane and drive people crazy with just me rambling on for two hours. So what we'll do is we'll cap it right there. And then we're going to come back. People, I have some more questions about, um, getting your work recognized and stuff like that. And we'll come back with another pod, um, with that. Okay. So, uh, Let's see. Where are we on this? So let's get into the rest of the shout-outs here um, on the Patreon. So again, uh, I'm going to be continuing to do mini-sodes this week. I'm going to be... um, finishing up. I got to finish up the Saraswati piece. That's probably actually pretty much going to be done tonight. Um, And I don't know if I'm going to end up filming that. Um, It's just, I just got a little bit of tweaking left to do on the color, but you'll see that finished piece soon. And then I've got a, uh, I've got a couple more projects lined up. I think I'm going to be, sounds like I'm going to be starting a beer label project next week, which is going to be really fun. Um, So I will be doing the mini soads, but I'll do mini soads on whatever I'm getting into this week. Um, And what's going to be fun about stuff is now that the snow is melting, um, I'm going to be getting back into some building projects. And so for the people that are interested in the homesteading aspect of my lifestyle, um, I am going to be pulling you behind the foreskin on that shit too. So that stuff is going to end up, uh, you know, there's going to be behind the foreskin mini-sodes. On it's actually gonna be really cool because it'll be on doing some more homesteading stuff, um, doing some more building stuff uh, this spring and summer and fall, and then also as we get into all the scout stuff, <coughs> that'll show up in some of the mini sods. We got the scout, the Ghost Scout Summit coming up in about six weeks um which is uh which is going to be great so anybody that's already a ghost scout is invited um i think we already have like 17 people RSVP'd on the on the on the event page on the Facebook group um so that's going to be really fun we got people flying in for it um so this is going to be i think the biggest ghost scout summit so far which is going to be really fun and uh, and then of course um July 13th through August 1st is Ghost Scout Training Camp Year 7 and uh, we've been getting applications <clears throat> so um if you're interested in uh getting involved in the secret society of ghost scouts if it's been your dream to be part of a secret society um apply online you can go to GhostShrimpGlobal.com right now and uh apply to uh to attend year 7 um i think we might have a lot of applications this year um we already have a bunch uh, uh, so far. And we usually don't really get many in the winter time. So if you're, if you're thinking of applying, get on it. Um, it's, it's, I always recommend getting in early because we do start to accept some international people. Um, we've accepted one, uh, dude already, shout out to Max Wilkins, um, from the, uh, uh, round two of the 12 week online group workshop. Um, he's got a, he's doing a whole special circumstance where he's going to be doing a residency and camp hybrid. Um, so, uh, he, so that, that's, so we already actually technically have one of the nine spots filled. So we have, uh, eight spots and, and most of the spots won't be filled till after the deadline. Uh, the deadline for applications is June 1st, but, um, I, I will just say that, there is a tendency for people to really start to pick their favorites of the applicants, so getting in early could work in your favor. It can kind of, you know, people can people start to pencil in people for certain spots um, on the roster. So uh, get it in early if you can. Um, it, I think there is an advantage in applying early to go scout training camp. Um, and, uh, so that is, uh, that's that, um, trying to think what else. Um, I mean, as, as always, you can go to my website to, uh, check out all the work that I've done. And if you're interested in getting an illustration done for yourself, I've been having a lot of people hit me up lately, um, for work and, uh, go over to, uh, Check it out. You can hit me up on there. Uh, if you're looking for illustration work um, and uh, and the schedule is uh, you know is is you know uh, I got a lot of work lined up um, but you know it, there's always room to fit in new projects so people can hit me up and uh, what I feel like I'm trying to say something else but I can't think of it. Um, oh, posters. We got posters for sale. I got the Shiva poster for sale, the Beehive Boy poster for sale on there. Um, I am going to be making a poster out of this Saraswati piece once it gets fully cleaned up and, and finalized. So uh, it's going to be uh, you know, the sister piece to the, to the Shiva poster. So it's going uh, to be like that. So that's going to be really fun. You can check that out. And I've got some really fun. I'm going to keep it a secret for now. But I've got some really fun posters planned for this summer that I think everyone is going to want to get in on. Um, so uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease that, but I've got, some, I've got some really fun, regardless of the work that's coming in illustration-wise, I've got some really fun stuff planned uh, as far as projects that I want to get done um, this summer. So stay tuned because there's going to be some really fun stuff. Um, hopefully we're going to have a Kickstarter coming uh, in the summertime that people can get behind and uh, make some fun projects come to life and have some really juicy rewards for that Kickstarter plan. So people are going to really be into it, I think. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, the the for people that are intro, we just finished round three of the 12-week online group workshop. And uh, round four is going to be in the fall. It's going to start in September. It's going to be uh, $900 a spot, I think. Uh, i think I think round th- round round four is nine hundred dollars I think round five is going to be a thousand dollars and I think it'll probably chill around a thousand dollars for a while. trying to keep it right in there with the median uh, the the kind of average cost of online workshops and and online classes i 'd really like to keep it as affordable as possible for people. Um, and obviously it's something that I use to supplement my income as a visual artist. I use it to free up my my time to be able to spend more time on the illustration projects that come in. Um, a lot of times I will kind of spend more time than really I'm getting paid for on my illustration projects because I'm always trying to make the best piece I can possibly make. So, um you know when people sign up for the workshop, it really allows me to uh, have a you know spend more time on those illustration projects and also allows me to pursue those more personal projects and things like that. So, but but it's really important for me to keep it affordable for people. So it's always that line of making it worth it for spending my time doing that, um, but also uh, you know really trying to keep it super affordable for people. I really want it to 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 be. I don't want it to become an elite thing. I want it to be be in the range of 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 an online workshop or a class. So the people that are serious about investing in their future. Um, and they 're present as a visual artist, whether you 're just coming out and trying to get your career going or whether you're you 're deep in your art career, but you want it, you want to make it more personal that 's really what this is designed for and it 's just all the most fun stuff that i that I specialize in and feel that I can really communicate well to people and really it 's about teaching people the mindset that it takes to be successful as a as a person personally driven visual artist. Um, And a freelancer and, uh, you know, not not all about freelance, but that's where I'm coming from. And uh, and um, yeah, you know, just really and it's also really about it's about the mindset and it's about the lifestyle. So if you listen to this podcast, you know that my lifestyle and my work style are really one thing. You know, the lines between the two are really blurred and disintegrated. And, um, that's, you know, the the, the workshop is really about getting, getting your whole life geared towards all the stuff that you love the most, because that's where great work comes from. Great work comes from being happy in your life, being fulfilled in your life, having a really well-balanced life. Um, that's where great work comes from. That's where your voice as an artist is going to be at its loudest as it's going to, it's going to be at its most unique. It's going to be at its best. So, um, that's really what the workshop is all about. So if you're interested in signing up, um, you can message me at my website. You can go check out, you know, go look over the material that we have on the website about the workshop, and um, there's also a sample breakdown. I did a, um, one of the weeks I do an album cover breakdown um, of a lot of original artwork from my album cover projects that I've done. That's on YouTube. You can watch it for free. That's an actual um, a video from the pot, from the, from the workshop that you can go watch for free and there's uh there's some more information on the website all about the workshop so go look it over and if it's something you feel like you're ready to do and uh want to take a crack at and want to get involved in um uh check it out you can message me on the website and get on the email list so that you will be the first to know when those spots become available because we're going to have 10 students in round four, we're going to have 10 students in round five, and I think we almost already, I've gotten a couple more this this week. I got another one last night, people getting on that email list. So that email list is going to get, I think it's going to be bigger than by the time those 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 uh, by the time it rolls around to actually do the workshop, um, I think that those spots are going to go very fast. So uh, I think they're probably going to really sell out when we announce it. So if you want to get involved in that, I would really recommend getting on the email list because um, that's I think is how you're going to need to get on it. Um, and I got some other fun stuff. I got I got a couple secrets that I'm going to hold back. Um but I've got some other really fun stuff that is that is going to be tied into the workshop um that that will excite people and then uh so last week round 3 ended and so this week everybody from round 3 of the workshop migrated over to the alumni group. So you go through the workshop, you do all the assignments, you come out with a with a lot of with a with a brand new portfolio, brand new mindset, five year plan, all that stuff. And then you're gonna jump right into the 12 week online alumni group where where uh round three just migrated to, so now there's all three rounds in there. And that's just a, a creative community where you get to kind of continue. Uh, sharing your stuff, getting feedback on your stuff, and just really develop those creative friendships that I think are super crucial to being a professional visual artist. Um, I think having that community is such a big part of it, so um, that 's built in and we 're going to continue we're we're going to continue to just keep adding dope ass ideas um, into uh that system so Shiggity check it out. Um, let's see, email list, camp applications. Um, yeah, I think that's about it. So, let's get into these shout outs. So, shout out, of course, to uh, what am I saying? To shout outs to all the one dollar contributing members of the podcast. Um, really makes a big difference, um, and uh, we just had an explosion this week um, of of people joining the Patreon, so could not be more thankful for that. so welcome uh, to your early access to this podcast and your shout outs and and the behind the scenes mini and all that. really take advantage of it, soak it up um, comment on everything. I'm really into just the creative community aspect of it. So use the Patreon to full effect, get on there. Um, keep asking me questions on the Patreon cause that will translate into more material for these question and answer podcasts, which, you know, I'm going to try to definitely do more frequently. Um, uh, I, I love doing them. I know it's fun for the listeners and, uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a great part of the podcast. So, uh, we'll do that. And, uh, Let's see. So we got uh, we got coming in at so for the two you know we got the two dollar beef stew contributors and you get the shout out on the podcast. But some people choose, choose to go above and beyond, and we got my girl coming straight out of the twelve week online group workshop, Sarah Ball, coming in at five dollars per podcast. That is so incredible. Big shout outs to my home girl. Get yourself some beef stew. We got another $5 per podcast uh, contributor going out to Yvonne Santiago. Major shout outs. Thank you so much. Uh, we got a $3 contributor. Uh, my man, Raphael Tang Shout out to the homie, fellow Pratt alum. One of my favorite people on this planet. Uh, Another $3 contributor. We got shout out to Zeta. And you know I'm pointing up to that hollow mission control moon headquarters because we know about you we know about the conspiracies all the conspiracies are true and we're about to crack open we're definitely going to come up with i think one of the next episodes definitely has to be a conspiracy episode we got to dig back in we got to get an update on what's going on what what some of my some of my homies are thinking about some conspiracies because uh I think we need to dig in some meaty conspiracy episodes. And uh, so we got uh, all the shout-outs for the new heads. Dewan Gordon! Shout-outs. Shout-outs to Curse Gift! Right? Shout-outs to Chris Wynn! Shout-outs to Spook Novel! Shout outs to Khalil Fry. Shout outs to my man Chris Murray. And shout outs to Ryan Sims. All the heads that got the shout outs up front. Um, I don't know why I'm shouting them out twice, but that's what we're doing. Uh, so, uh, now we got the, the, just the rest of the two rest of the two dollar members we might have to break these into two sections we'll just blast through it uh we won't we'll do them all today but uh we might have to in the future start to break these up now that we have so many oh my god thank you so much everybody this is so cool uh big beef stew shout out going out to my man alec (coughs) right oh my god Big shout-outs going to my man, Uncle Terry. Big beef stew shout-outs going to my man, Alejandro Fuentes. Straight out the 12-week online group workshop. Just absolutely murdered round three. Big shout-outs to my man, Alejandro Fuentes, a.k.a. Los Focos. Look him up. Okay? Big shout-out to Steve Winfield Meyer. Uh, big shout outs to another alumni, Johnny Glines. Much respect. Big shout outs to Gerard Jones. Oh, you know my man, Michael Roncado's up in here eating all the beef stew. Uh oh, we got waste zord. You know, slurping up all that beef stew. We got uh oh, alumni of this very podcast. Your favorite stop motion animator and mine, Anthony Scott. Big shout outs. Uh, big shout outs to Ghost Scout, computer person, aka Lurmy. Love it when Scouts support the pod. Uh, big shout-outs to Shambay Right, I know you asked some questions. Uh, definitely going to answer those questions coming up on the next podcast. Uh, big shout-outs to Auto Heaney Illustration. Shout-outs to my fellow... Uh, uh, what am I saying? Big shout outs to my fellow Oh, I just farted. Um Northeast Kingdom uh resident. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh big shout outs to Michael Go. Big shout outs. Oh, I'm getting the, getting the, just rumbling up front. I like that. Uh, big shout outs to Daniel Foothead. (laughs) It didn't work that time. AKA Ghost Scout Sports Magic. Oh man, my man. Check his shit out. Dr. D. Foothead. Big shout outs to another alumni, Alexi Giroux. Check his shit out. It's dope. Uh Uh-oh, the reigning, defending, Go Scout training camp, camp champion, John Mansfield, a.k.a. Beard Lips. He's making the, he's thinking about right now the trophy he's going to make for the camp champion of year seven. It could be you. It could be anyone, right? Uh, Big shout out to, oh, did I miss? Wait, oh, I missed missed Jesse Monahan. You know who he is. Fellow Adventure Time alumni, I support his Patreon for forming. Check it out. Uh Uh-oh, award-winning Hollywood big shot director, director of Kung Fu Panda and the Little Prince, none other than Mark Osborne. Big shout-outs to the homie uh let's see big shout out to bark the dog to the homie alexander Lance saying check him out bark the dog taking over this year uh big things coming from bark the dog get on that do not sleep on my man bark b-a-r-c uh big shout out to arguably art uh, a big shout out to Denmark, to my man, Tri-Man Hunt. <laughs> Did I say that? <laughs> Tri-Man Hunt. Uh, and uh, last but not least, of course, thank you for being patient to get your questions answered. The original $2 contributor to the podcast, Jesse Kukukka Woo! All right, I'm feeling a little lightheaded after that. Um, and then big shout out. We like doubled our amount of $1 contributors, um, this week. So, uh, just super, super thankful for that big shout outs. And, uh, we will continue this episode. We will continue to answer, um, questions next week. So send in some more questions if you've got them and, uh, Whew, my God, I'm burning up and I'm fucking hungry. I think I'm having, I'm thinking my blood sugar is crashing here. Um, cause I, oh, and I do have to admit, I did break my alcohol fast. I have been really sloppy with it. I've totally backslided into, uh, I think this past weekend, very casual drinking, uh, drank a bottle of JB and, uh, had some, shared some beers with my wife and uh went out to eat and, dr- and and drank a few beers so i will uh admit that uh i have been slacking i've fallen back into some very casual drinking but uh i am going to try to re up and get back on my alcohol fast cuz uh, it's really helping with my productivity and uh trying to create a uh a very limited uh it's definitely one of my one of my least productive habits you know one of the things we do in the workshop is we have people Uh, identify their three least productive habits and replace them with uh, three productive habits. And uh, I've been really replacing my drinking habits with getting in some extra time with the family and getting in some extra time uh, with working, getting work sessions done at night. You know what I'm saying? I've been a lot more productive with that. So I'm going to get back on that. But I've uh, definitely been slipping, slipping, because sometimes that alcohol is so tasty and juicy, but, uh, but it's uh, definitely not that productive. And I'm trying to save it for, you know, when scouts come and stuff like that, because I know we'll be drinking some whiskey around the campfire. So I'm definitely really looking forward to that, but really trying to keep it more towards those type of scenarios than just I'm coming home or I'm, I'm always home, but, you know, uh, just hanging out at night, watching the game, drinking some beers, you know, instead I've been watching the game and uh getting some work done, you know, just get having another work session, and I've really been very productive with that, so I'm gonna keep doing that um okay, as always uh you know guys girls, aliens, everyone, set the goals that you want to accomplish, you know what I'm saying you got a you got a week ahead of you here, you've got uh you know. Little things you can do today tomorrow, this week to uh really get your life filled with the things that interest you the most, really take some time to think about what you want to do with your life, what you want your daily life to be like, and no matter where you're at, you know some people are you know in full blown you know three full time job mode and all this stuff, but there's still little things you could do: eat a little healthier, stay a little more hydrated um you know uh, uh try to try to figure out what exactly you could shift in your life to get a little bit closer one little tiny step closer to living that life full of passion and interest and and following those dreams that you know you want to. Uh, achieve in your life the things the goals that you really want to achieve so use this podcast as something to help motivate you to help mark the time Um, by the time we come around next week you'll have felt really good about accomplishing a couple little of those goals or if you're really deep into your dream life already really setting some juicy meaty goals for yourself getting some stuff accomplished that is really going to make you feel good Um, because that is going to energize you and give you the energy you need to keep pursuing this thing right one of the one of the Hardest parts about getting in a cycle where you're not following your passions—it has a tendency to really drain you of your energy, which you really, which which then becomes very problematic because that really starts to slump you in with eating less healthy, drinking less healthy, all these other things. So try to do the little things you know you should be doing. Set a couple goals for yourself, even if they're really small, to to stay on track with your goals. Okay, and then as always. When you're out there trying to accomplish your goals, really try to inspire some other people to follow their goals. That's what I'm trying to do for all of y'all. You know what I'm saying? Get on this podcast. I'm chasing my goals. I'm trying to do my thing. I really want y'all to do the same, to say, You know, I'm going to try to inspire my people in my circle of friends. I'm going to try to inspire the people that I interact with on a daily basis. And, uh, you know, it doesn't matter if they don't look like you, if they don't sound like you, if they don't come from the same place than you, all that stuff, all this crazy, petty, political nonsense, all these divisions. I promise you, you have more in common with every single human on this planet than you have in conflict with them. Okay, so go towards the commonalities, the stuff that can connect you, the stuff that will, you know, make you see them, make you see yourself in them. You know, th- trust me, it's there. Okay, so that is the way that we're gonna build up cultures and 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 um, communities and and systems in this planet where everybody has equality of opportunity right that's the important thing that's the world we all really want we all really want our children to have a fair shake at things we all want to have a fair shake at things we want to feel like our hard work is is going to uh make our lives better all these things that all has to start with equality of opportunity so we need to all work together to help create that okay trust me it is the 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 conspiracy out there is definitely to keep people fighting about a bunch of petty bullshit rather than connecting realizing that we are all on the same mission together we're all on the same planet together the things, all the goals that we have are common goals, okay? And we can achieve them much faster and much stronger when more of us are doing them. Just like the microcosm of having that creative community with the Go Scouts, with the 12-week online group, group workshop, with this podcast, with the Patreon of the podcast, all these little micro communities, Okay. We need to create lots and lots of those and then start to really connect the larger communities based on these strong, common bonds that we have with each other and these common goals that we all want to accomplish because that is the only way it's going to get done. All right. It's not about money, it's about passion and quality of life and quality time doing the things that you love the most. You know what I'm saying? I happily walked away from my job at Adventure Time making way more money. Than I will ever make as a freelance illustrator living out in the fucking woods. But it doesn't fucking matter because I get to do everything that I fucking want every day. I get to wake up, be my own boss, do whatever the fuck I want, vape weed every morning, chill with my kids every fucking afternoon. There's nobody that can fire me, no one that can tell me what to do. I don't have to do anything that I don't want to do, okay? I get to pick and choose because I have set my life up like that. From the very beginning, I said, I am going to keep my life super low overhead, super low cost, so that I can have the maximum amount of creative freedom and creative choice and individual choice to direct my life where I want it to go. Okay, so that is the message for the day of this podcast. I hope it's been another inspirational episode for y'all. I know that I've talked my face off. I have not had an episode where I've talked as much in a long time, and I feel like I might pass out. So uh, have a great week, and uh, go out there and crush it. All right? All right. Peace out.